from Stone Mountain, Georgia, this is The Bryant Land Show, hosted by proud Gamecock and South Carolinian AB3. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of The Bryant Land Show. Thank you for taking the time, making the download to come in and listen to our podcast. Today's show is going to be a great one for you. I am going to share with you guys some knowledge. Drop the 411 on some of the recipes for this wild game meat that I like to cook for my family and share with my friends. Now, to me, one of the best things about this outdoors, hunting, fishing lifestyle that we get to participate in is to get a chance to cook this food, eat this food, come up with different recipes, come up with different ways of making this food taste great. We're talking about deer meat. We're talking about turkeys, hogs, fish. Talking about salmon. Yes, salmon, not salmon. Salmon, amon, salmon. That's how you pronounce it. But uh, pan fish, catfish, geese ducks, like all the different things that we like to go out and hunt and fish for, I got a recipe or a way that I like to cook them. So this week's podcast, I'm going to start off and share with you some of my favorite ways to cook deer and hogs, probably my two favorite to begin with. We're going to get into that. And I'm going to share with you, like I said, my way of cooking it and making that food sing. So just sit back, relax, get out your notepads, take some notes, folks, because like I said, I'm about to drop some 411 on y'all on how to be cooking these deers and these hogs out here that you get to harvest. All right. So let's get started. Brian. Of course, probably the number one game meat or at least the number one game meat that is on my table would be deer. Now, when you kill a deer, whether it be a doe or a buck, there are many different ways that you can process that deer. You can cut it up. Uh, Maybe you get it. Maybe you take it to the processor. Maybe you have all the things that you need in your home to do your own processing. And if that's the case, more power to you. Hats off to you. But... For me, when I kill a deer, I take it to the processor, I get the back straps, I get the back straps whole, I may get some ground deer, and I don't cut my deer with anything. You know, a lot of people will get it cut with uh, some kind of like pork or, you know, some kind of fat. I guess just when you go in, you make your burgers, they stick together and stuff. But no, if I wanted ground pork, I'd kill a hog. Um, if I wanted ground beef, I'd go to the store and uh, get some ground beef or whatever. But I like ground deer, so I like mine 100% pure, uncut. And then, of course, you get a couple of shoulder roasts, maybe uh, rump roast uh, for the deer. I like those. And then I'll get some sausage, get the uh, sausages done, either like an andouille sausage or like a Cajun sausage because I like – you know, my sausage is spicy um, when, we're, when it comes to, you know, deer sausage. So 
the first one I'm going to give you is the whole back strap. And like I said, I like to get the back straps whole when you go to the processor. Sometimes they will uh, cut them up, make little chops for you. They'll butterfly them and make butterfly chops. I personally don't uh, like to do that. I got it done a couple of times. Um, it was okay. Uh, but I like getting the back strap whole off of the deer and now when you're talking about deer back straps, what I like to do is I'll get them once you wash them and all that. I will season them down. Now, I'm a pretty heavy seasoner because I don't like my meat bland. I want to be able to taste the flavors. And depending on what I'm trying to do with the back strap depends on what kind of seasoning I use. Now, there is a seasoning that I get from a gentleman from Mississippi, Mike Seasonings, that will be a mainstay on just about every meat that I do. So I start with the Mike's Seasonings. I'll season the back strap down, flip it over, make sure I'm getting all the seasoning covered all over the back strap. Uh, like I said, depending on what kind of flavor I'm going for, I may use some roasted red pepper seasoning, season those, put some of that on there, and then I will use either some onion powder, some garlic powder, once again, just depending on the flavor that I'm going for. Now, here is the key, and it took me a while to learn this. Um, and I, as with everything that I do, it's really trial and error. But with the seasoning, especially for deer back straps, I will season it. Like I said, I'll take the Mike seasoning, the uh, red peppers, if I'm going to use that, the onion powder. Sometimes I use a Nature's Blessing uh, seasoning mixed in with that. Or I will use a little bit of Mrs. Dash just to kind of switch the flavor up a little bit. But here's the key. As you're seasoning or as you go through a pass in seasoning, you got to rub that seasoning in. And so I'll season, put those on there, and then I'll take my time and then rub that seasoning in. Rub it in real good. And everything that I do when it comes to seasoning, you know, people always asking me for measurements and how do you, you know, know when enough is enough. You season to taste. And for me, and when I prepare stuff, I don't like bland food. I don't just do splashes or a little dash or a little bit on, you know, on my backhand like the chefs do. Put a little bit on your backhand and then swipe it uh, onto the food. I'm a heavy-handed seasoner, and like I said, so I'll season, get a go uh, one pass, pick it up, rub it in. Just rub those seasons in. And what that does is it gets it into the meat, gets it into the different layers of the meat. So I'll do that, do a pass, go around, season again, same thing, Mike seasoning, uh, maybe some pepper or the roasted red peppers, depending on what I want to use. Onion powder, I'll use that uh, quite a bit. 
And once I get that on there again for the second time, I'll rub it in again. Very rarely do I get like a third pass because at that point, it's just too too heavenly season. You can't really enjoy it. But I'll do at least the two passes, rub it in real good, and then from there, I'll slice the back straps myself, uh, take my knife, slice them into the sizes that I desire. And then once I get through with the slicing, I'll either put them on the grill or I'll just pan sear them. I pan sear a lot of things, especially in the wintertime. Don't really feel like pulling the grill out. But for the most part, I'll either pan, like I said, I'll pan sear it. Or I'll throw them on the grill. You get them, you know, the thing about uh, deer meat, it's like red meat, even the back straps. So you can either, it can be either really, you know, well done or it can be medium well or I don't do rare, obviously, or medium rare. I'm kind of a medium well to well done kind of guy, maybe just a touch of red. Um, you can see on the meat, but again, all of that is basically preference. And like I said, once you slice them up, you slice them into the way that you, as thin as you want or as thick as you want, just depending on what you're trying to do. Me personally, I'm kind of like midways. I don't like them too thick because if you make them too thick, they take a little bit longer to cook. Um, I like them, you know, kind of like a medium thin kind of. That way it doesn't take that long uh, to get them in there. You get them on the grill or you get them in your pan, You kind of toss them around, um, especially if you're using the pan, and then you can get them on out of there. And I'm telling you, once you get the seasoning down, once you get the uh, slice to the uh, desired thickness that you want, you are working with a grade A piece of meat that tastes good um every time i do back straps i've never heard a cross word and believe me the people that i make them for if they didn't like them i would be the second person to know because they would be the first ground deer there's so many things that you can do with ground deer uh you can one of the things that i love to do you can do burgers uh you can do spaghetti. Uh, you can do all different kind of pastas, taco meat. Uh, we've uh, used it for that. Like we've taken, I've done it one or two ways. I've seasoned it again, using it in my mic seasoning. Maybe a couple other spices. Uh, put that on the meat for the tacos. Or if you just do want to want to do like a quick family thing and do like you know the taco kit or whatever. Ground deer works perfect with that. That kit comes with a seasoning. Uh, you put that seasoning in there. You cook that ground deer up just like you would ground beef. And voila, you got great taco meat. Uh, so I've done it both ways uh, when it comes to tacos. But let me tell you about the burgers. The deer burgers, one of the things that I love about the deer burgers is, like I told you before, I get the ground deer pure. I don't cut it with anything. I don't cut it with fat or anything like that when it comes from the processor. I get it completely, you know, 100% pure 
ground deer. Then when I make my burgers, I take breadcrumbs, mix them into the patties, and then, you know, use the uh, breadcrumb burger mixture to make the patties. Now, the great thing about using the breadcrumbs is that's another source of flavor. So you can either use plain breadcrumbs and then season, you know, your ground deer, or you can get like the Italian breadcrumbs, uh, the Italian flavored breadcrumbs. I've done that. Um, there are other flavored breadcrumbs that you can use on your ground deer that'll give, you know, those burgers the kind of flavor that you want. Um, like I said, I've done it both ways. I've seasoned my own. Uh, most of the time when I season burgers, again, I use the mic seasoning, maybe a little bit of pepper in there as well. Very rarely, guys, do I season with just plain salt and pepper. Okay, I have a very, you know, a special blend um, of that mic seasoning that I use. And like I say, I pretty much put it on everything. You know, um, there's a hot sauce commercial um, that's go that's going around. And God, I can't think of the name of the hot sauce, but the commercial is like I put that shit on everything. Well, that's how I am about this uh, mic seasoning. I put it on just about everything. Um, every, just about every recipe when it comes to seasoning wild game meat starts with that, but back to the burgers. So, like I said, I'll season them myself sometimes, or I'll get the breadcrumbs, use them from that. Again, totally up to you, uh, how you want to shape your burgers. A lot of times I like my burgers, um, a little bit on the thick side, big, thick, juicy burger. So I'll make them big enough so they'll be nice and juicy. The breadcrumbs is what holds them together and also gives them the flavor. Um, there have been times where I've put um, the bacon inside the burgers, um, maybe used like some bacon chips or bacon crumbs to uh, mix in with that. Um, instead of using like the whole, you know, strips of bacon when you want to make a bacon burger or a bacon cheeseburger. Again, once you determine the size of the burger, you can either put it, you know, on the stove in your pan or again, out there on the grill, man. You get a nice deer burger fired up, put it on the grill, a little bit of cheese, maybe some bacon, uh, lettuce, tomato, maybe even a little bit of onion. Sometimes I've put um, the onion peels or the uh the chopped onion seasoning right in there cook it you know in there maybe take like a fresh onion roll it up in the um in the burger before you get ready to cook it put it on the grill fire that grill up man and i'm telling you deer burger city baby you got a very tasty deer burger make them to the size that you want like i said lettuce tomato cheese big uh cheddar cheese bacon cheddar cheeseburger guy is usually what i do with mine and then you know for you guys out there that you know want to do bunless hey you don't have to put it on a bun you can just fire that thing up once it's nice and done for you eat it without the bun if that's how you so choose me personally i like the bun uh, my son he's done the uh double decker where he's made his own like uh, double cheeseburger kind of deal. He's done that um, with the deer burgers. So, I mean, like I said, with that ground deer, deer burgers are 
absolutely the best thing that we do with that ground deer. Now, one of the other things that I've told you about with the ground deer is stuffed shells. I was down in the low country of South Carolina. Um, I was on a hunting trip. I gifted myself a hunting trip a few years ago to the uh, low country hunting lodge down in South Carolina. And one of the meals that we had was stuffed shells. Outfitter was Jeff Hunt, you know, along with his partner, Mike. Uh, Mike's name is very hard for me to pronounce, so I don't want to butcher it. But Jeff and Mike have a great operation down there uh, in the low country of South Carolina. And Jeff's wife, Amy, made stuffed shells on one of the evenings. I am trying to perfect that stuffed shelled recipe. And when I say perfect it, mine is not that bad, but hers was simply amazing. And I have not been able or come close to getting it as good as the day that I had it down there. So my stuffed shells, once again, you start with the deer meat. And the thing with the stuffs with the uh, deer meat and stuffed shells, you can do it one of two ways. I've tried it both. Uh, I'm not really, I should say I'm not really partial to either way. You can season the meat or you can do just your straight deer meat. But you cook that meat up. You get um, the thick uh, shells, um, the shells that you can stuff. You boil, excuse me, you boil those. You get those taken care of. Get them going. And then once you've got those done, you basically take the long pan, you put the shells in there, and then you just take your deer meat and you just stuff the shells. And you stuff them as much meat as you can get into them. Obviously, you don't want to break the shells. You want to be uh, careful. Um, but you stuff as much meat as possible. Sometimes I have more meat than shell. So what I will do at that point is just make is just basically take the overflow meat and just you know sprinkle it around into the pan. Um, just you know loose like that and then I'll take the uh, sauce and now the sauce is the key you know I'll use the uh, ragu I think it's the uh, green pepper veggie style ragu uh, sauce I'll um, put that in there depending on how big of a plan that I'm making you know I'll use uh, two jars sometimes one is enough just depends on the size and so I'll put that in there, and then I'll take my cheese. And then the cheese, again, whatever, you know, your preference is, I'll take the, the mozzarella, put the mozzarella on there. Maybe I'll throw a little bit of Parmesan, maybe a little bit of cheddar, but definitely a strong base of mozzarella. You put it back in the oven. You bake it probably, depending on how hot your meat and your shells still are, you know, you try to stuff those. As soon as they come out, uh, you know, obviously without burning yourself or whatever, but you still want them to be nice and hot and fresh. Um, depending on how 
warm those shells and the meat already is you know you put it in the oven you let your cheese melt you get your sauce bubbling uh put it on the temperature anywhere from about 10 i'd say about 15 20 minutes to get it really right get that cheese nice and melted sticking you know to your foil once you get that done you have a great pan of stuffed uh deer shells uh, I love it. It tastes great. Like I said, I still have not perfected Amy's recipe yet. Uh, I plan on getting back down there to the Low Country Hunting Lodge and pick her brain about more, you know, recipes, and then to find a way to perfect. You know, that stuffed shell recipe. But the stuffed shells, man, jamming on the one without the baby. Definitely, you should try them if you are afforded the opportunity. As for other things you can do with ground deer meat, there's all kind of spaghettis. We do spaghetti all the time. Um, you can put your own twist on spaghetti. Sometimes I use the spaghetti noodles. Sometimes I use the little spire rotini noodles. Uh, sometimes, you know, I'll use macaroni, make like a beefaroni kind of deal with the uh with the ground deer meat, but the uh, spaghettis, the pastas, you can put your own spin on those. One thing that I have done uh, that I really enjoyed is using the pesto pasta and basically cooking your deer meat just like you would any other way when you cook ground deer, you season it to taste, and then instead of using a spaghetti sauce, you use the pesto sauce. Um, and I've used two versions of the pesto sauce. I've used the green uh, traditional pesto. Uh, that stuff is amazing. Love it. I have also used the tomato-based pesto sauce. That has gone over really, really well. I like the taste of that. It's something different. Just to switch it up, like I said, not to do the same thing over and over again. And then again with those pestos, whether it's tomato or, you know, whether it's the uh, traditional green pesto that uh, you normally use, the noodles, mix it up. You know, the bow tie, I really like the bow tie noodles with the pestos. I've used the rotini. I've also used the linguine noodles. The linguine and fettuccine noodles, I usually save those uh, when I do the what's it called, with the white sauce, the uh, Parmesan kind of with the uh, fettuccine noodles um, and then the deer meat there, I'll use um, that sauce, like the white sauce with those. And then, like I said, I like to use the fettuccine noodles, the linguine noodles when using um, those type of sauces. So the pastas are interchangeable with deer with the ground deer but definitely when it comes to ground deer burgers are at the top of the list followed by the stuffed shells that's where you want to go with your ground deer meat now to round out deer you got your sausage which you can do in 
hundreds of different ways. I've done the summer sausage. Now, let me tell you one quick thing about the summer sausage. Usually people will get like the big roll of summer sausage. They'll slice it up, serve it with some light wine and cheese, kind of do like a um, hors d'oeuvre kind of deal, serve it with cheese and crackers. And you can do that and it tastes magnificent. But if you really want to set off a summer sausage, you slice that bad boy up in the strips. It takes a little bit of time, depending on how thick your summer sausage roll is. But you slice that bad boy in the strips, put it on the grill. Man, I did that for two years straight for the end of the year cookout for my son's baseball team. And those people went crazy. The first year, they couldn't get enough. They just, and they didn't really know what it was at first because I didn't really tell them. We just put it on the grill, and then the next thing you know, people came in and they swooped it up. Uh, once we told them what it was, we told them that, you know, it was a deer sausage kind of deal. Uh, the second year, literally, I was hounded almost every game. Hey, did you kill a deer? Hey, did you kill a deer? Once we got close to the end of the season and we started planning the end of the season cookout, it was, okay, did you kill a deer? Did you get some more of that sausage? Are you bringing that deer sausage uh, to the end of the year cookout? So if you've never done it with the summer sausage, split it up, cut it into strips, put it on the grill. I'm telling you, again, another way to cook it, jam it on the one without the baby, People will absolutely love it. Now, the other thing I'll do with deer sausage, I don't really do the patties or like the ground sausage. I am more into the links, uh, the Cajun links, the Andouille links, the guy uh, that I take my um, deer to for processing. They do a great job with the uh, Cajun and Andouille seasonings. Um, there. And so I just pretty much turn that over to them, let them handle it. And then I come back with, uh, Andouille and Cajun, uh, sausage links. And far as that, you can put it on the grill. You can put it in the pan, uh, pan seared on the uh, stove. I really like it on the grill. I take the whole link, put it on the grill and then chop it up. Makes great breakfast, uh, links a great sausage link and a hot dog bun. I mean, those things are phenomenal. Uh, that is pretty much what I'll do with my sausages. Also, I'll do like a sausage and peppers. Get like, you know, that uh, green, yellow, red pepper blend. Chop them up. Cook the sausage in there. Do like a sausage and peppers. Put it over a white rice. Absolutely marvelous. Another thing you can do with the sausage as well is if you do like a gumbo, um, I've done a deer, what I, uh, a, uh, I think it was a uh, deer duck gumbo a few uh, weeks ago when it was still, temperatures were still a little uh, little frosty towards the end of the winter kind of thing. I did a uh, deer duck gumbo where I used, you know, duck meat uh, nicely uh, shredded, chopped up, um, and then I used the uh, deer sausage in that gumbo, the uh, andouille Deer sausage in that deer duck gumbo. Magnificent, man. Got a gumbo pack uh, from Zatarans. 
um, because unfortunately I don't know how to make gumbo from pure scratch. Uh, love Louisiana food, love gumbo. Um, so the closest thing that I could get to that was the Zatarans, and I took that and uh, did it with the deer sausage. But, man, deer sausage, awesome, definitely all about it. Any of those ways that you do the deer sausage, you're going to be fine. Now, to round out deer, the last thing that I'm going to give y'all is the roast in the crock pot, Okay. Now, I've done the steaks, deer steak, in the crock pot. I've done, you know, pieces of the back straps in the crock pot. But you can totally do an entire deer roast in the crock pot. Again, you start with your roast, season it. I use my mic seasoning, my onion powder, my nature's blessing. Like I said in the beginning, you want to make sure you rub um, that seasoning into that meat really, really good so that seasoning penetrates deep down in there so you can get the flavor all in the meat. Now, the one thing that I will try to do is if I have – like a day before, I'll try to season it and then let it sit for a day. I may also even take either some French onion soup or some uh, beef broth. I prefer the French onion soup. I'll put that ro- cover that roast in French onion soup, let it sit for a day in the, pro- in the crock pot, uh, let it marinate in there, and then cook it slow cook it in the crock pot. I'll put it on the low setting, let it slow cook in the crock pot basically all day long. We're talking eight to 10 hours slow cooking in that crock pot. And once it is done, once it is finished, it is falling apart. Another thing you can do, you can put your potatoes, your carrots, you know, treat it just like any roast, any kind of beef roast. Uh, you can treat your deer roast the same way. I absolutely love when I'm doing the roast, when I can, like I said, let it marinate in that French onion soup, turn that crock pot on. Let that crock pot do crock pot things for eight to ten hours. You know, let the crock pot get the crock potting, if you will. And eight to ten hours later, you are going to come out with a simply badass roast. It's going to be great. Put your potatoes in there. Put your carrots in there if that's what you like to do. Sometimes I like to do that. Um, that way you got all your vegetables, everything in there. I know some people throw a little bit of celery in there as well. I like to to break it off with uh, some white rice. You know, that set it off with some white rice, some biscuits, some sweet tea. Man, you got a meal right there. So uh, the deer roast, highly recommend the crock pot. Put it in there. Like I said, let the crock pot do crock pot things, slow cook it, and you are going to have a magnificent meal. All right, let's switch it up. We're going to talk about hogs. 
processing, hogs, getting great recipes for those processed hogs. Now, if you process your own hog, God love you. More power to you. I am looking to one day graduate to doing my own processing, uh, getting the right tools, getting the equipment to be able to do it. Until then, Big Buck Processing down in Eatonton, Georgia, is the processor that I trust with my meats. Only reason I'm shouting them out, because if you listen in here in Georgia, then you can go down there. I'm not getting anything for it. Hell, I don't even know if they listen to my podcast, but they do my processing. They do a great job for it. And so when I take a hog down to them, again, I like my back straps back whole. I don't want anybody cutting on my back straps. Just cut them out, and then I'll cut them whole, make the uh, chops. I'll cut them down and make the chops and stuff out of them. But the number one thing that I like to do with a hog is pure is pulled pork. Okay? You take the butt or the shoulder roast. I can do it one or two ways. I can put it in the oven, put it on like 300, let it cook all night, and it's going to be ready for me to pull apart in the morning. Or I can stick it in a crock pot, let it... Let the crock pot do crock pot things. Let it get the crock pocking. That's right. That's a new word, crock pocking. Let it get the crock pocking. And eight to ten hours later, I can pull it out, pull it apart some more, and I'm going to have a great pulled pork. I personally like to do it in the oven. I'll let it go overnight, put it in before I go to bed, wake up in the next morning, whole house smelling like uh, pork roast. It's a great thing. Now, what I like to do as far as seasoning my pork roast, again, you already know. Two things you got to do. You got to season it good, and then you got to rub it down. Get your minds out the gutter, okay? Mike seasoning, a little bit of uh, crushed pepper, definitely some onion. Get the Nature's Blessing seasoning in there, and on... The hogs, though, a lot of times I will go on the heavier end of the Mike seasoning just because that season is so strong and it has such a strong flavor. And maybe on these animals, depending on how old the hog was, if it's a big boar or an older sow, I may go a couple more passes on the seasoning just to get more seasoning down into that meat. That meat's a little bit tougher. Big old battle-ridden boar or, you know, an old nanny sow or whatever. Uh, but if it's, you know, a nice young little tender, little mid-size, what they call a meat hog, maybe don't have to do as many passes. But get that seasoning in there. Rub that roast down. Let that seasoning penetrate down into the meat. And then I, like I said, I like to put it in the oven, put it in the oven, let it go overnight. And then when it comes time, you take it out. Now, here's the key to pulling it apart. And I had to learn this, you know, the hard way. You know, I watched my mom, I watched, you know, my grandma, other people, when they make pulled pork back in the day, they take the forks, they pull it apart, or they'll take their 
you know, their hands, their thumbs, pull the meat apart, you know, try to pull it really fine. Um, I got these uh, bear claws. They make them now. You can get them in Bass Pro Shops, but they're, I forgot the brand. I think they're Oklahoma Joe's, whatever. But they're bear claws. You put them on your hands, and you basically go in and you shred the meat. I've done it with chicken. I love doing it with pulled pork. When You know, I got a, a pork roast. Those claws make it so much easier. So I shred it down, and you can get it so fine. Now, once I do that, once I get it nice and shredded, then I'll add my barbecue sauce. I personally like using JR's regular barbecue sauce. Shout out to JR's barbecue uh, sauce out there in Oklahoma. That's the one that I like to use. So we'll put that in there. I'm not a heavy sauce guy because I don't want the sauce to overpower the flavoring and the seasoning that I've, uh, the seasoned work that I've done with my meat. Again, that's me. But I always tell people when they do stuff, you know, you season it to taste. You season it to what, you know, works for you, what makes sense for you. Here's the other key, and I'll let you guys in on it. The red pepper, okay? The roasted red pepper. If you want to give that roast a little bit of kick, a little bit of oomph, sprinkle just a little bit, don't overdo it, just a little bit of red pepper into that roast or into that pulled pork, and, man, I'm telling you, you got your proper amount of oomph, got a little kick to it, really sets it off. It's a good thing. You can also use, you know, the mustard-based barbecue sauce, the vinegar-based, you know, I know barbecue sauces just depends on what area of the country you're in, whether you're in South Carolina, like where I'm from, Kansas City-style barbecue. It just all depends on what you like to do. But it's real simple. The longest thing is just, you know, letting it cook, getting that tender you know, getting the, the uh, roast nice and tender and then being able to pull it apart. Love the pulled pork, man. That is the number one thing that I do when I get a hog back. You know, I mentioned to you that I like my back straps hold. I don't like them chopped and butterflied and all that stuff. So what I like to do with the back straps is I like to wait till the summer. Definitely put those on the grill. Same thing, season them down, rubbing that season into that meat, that backstrap hole, and then slicing the individual slices. Now, what I will also do is I will season that backstrap down and put the entire backstrap on the grill and then and cook it that way and then cut it into the chops. Either way, I think I like season it and then cutting it and then putting the individual pieces on the grill. But again, my back straps, I like to be able to manipulate those. So I like them whole when they come to me. Um, and then that way you can manipulate how thick or thin you want those straps to be. Absolutely love it. Putting those pork, those little pork straps on the grill or those uh, little pork chops is what they basically end up as once I finish cutting them, putting those on the grill. Also, I'll get the sausages, the sausage links made. 
just like I uh, talked about with the deer. I'll do those again in Andouille or Cajun. Those are my two favorite flavors to do those in. And you can also do a variation of sausage and peppers with those. Again, you can do it on the oven or do it on the stove, rather. Pan sear it, pan fry it on the stove. But I don't know, man. It's just something about the pork especially wild pork, sausage, back straps, ribs. Don't forget those. It's just something about that wild pork. To me, it just belongs on a grill. Uh, so I will try to grill as much of that stuff as possible. Same seasoning patterns with the ribs. Now, the only thing different with the ribs is I don't use the multiple seasonings. I'll just do one seasoning on the ribs, and then I will tr uh, try to do those early enough to where I can let them set, let, uh, you know, let that season set. And the other thing that I've done with the ribs is I've put them in my smoker. Now, when you talk about smoking ribs, Brother, let me tell you, those things come out so great. I got another recipe that I do with my smoker that I'm going to tell you all about in the next podcast, but I'm going to stick right now with the ribs. Like I said, season those ribs down, rub those ribs down, okay, and let them marinate in that seasoning for a day and then put them into that smoker and then they will come out. You talk about falling off of the bone, man, you got a great, great piece of meat there talking pork ribs in the smoker. One of the better things that you can actually do with pork. So again, just to reiterate, pull pork at the top of the chain when it comes to pork back straps, Pork chops on the grill, followed by your sausage on the grill, but not to be overlooked or underrated, ribs, wild pork ribs in the smoker. Man, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to take my bow, head out into the woods, and try to stick me a hog. Brian Man, as always, I appreciate you guys coming through and checking out the Bryantland show. Hopefully these recipes that I gave you with deer and hogs will find their way to your table real soon. If not, definitely by the summer, I urge you to get out and try them. Man, this stuff is good. Uh, like I said, it's one of the great things of the hunting and fishing lifestyle that we participate in is being able to, to uh, come up with different recipes and different ways to cook the game meat that we love to go out and hunt. Before I get ready to get up out of here, I just want to throw a couple of reminders at y'all. The Bryantland Show is on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Bryantland. Man, you can go there, support the show with a paper nickel, and get all kind of bonus content, man. Thank you to everybody who has joined Patreon so far. Looking forward to continue making bonus content 
for the uh, Patreon subscribers. So, man, go ahead, drop that paper nickel. Five bucks, if you don't know what a paper nickel is, five bucks will get you signed up to the Bryantland Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Bryantland. Unlock an oasis of content, bonus content that we have over there. Before you head over there, you can, all, or should I say also, you can check out BryantlandCountry.com. That is the website, BryantlandCountry.com. Now, on the website, we have all of our podcasts. We have videos that we've worked on. We got merch over there. The new Bryantland Show t-shirt uh, should be on the website by the time you get this podcast, by the time this podcast drops. So head on over to BryantlandCountry.com, the website. Click on that shop tab. Go pick you up a Bryantland Show t-shirt. Support the show, man. Let everybody know about the dopest podcast in the outdoor world right now. Thank you again for coming through, listening to the podcast. If you're listening to us on Apple, go ahead and mash that five-star button and send us a great review. Everyone else, make sure you tell five people to tell five more people about our wonderful podcast, The Bryantland Show. Like I said, thank you for taking the time to listen. Come back next week for part two of Follow the Recipe, man. I'm going to get in to how I like to cook deer. I'm, I'm sorry, not deer, ducks, turkey, and geese. We're going to get into the flying animals, deer. God dang, I keep saying deer. Ducks turkey and geese you know if deer start flying then god dang we're gonna be in for a world of hurt but ducks turkey geese the flying animals next week part two of follow the recipe so make sure you come back and check it out y'all have a good week stay safe stay healthy and then come back next week for another episode of the bryantland show